This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lewis, hey. Don't hate me. Did you file that TRO? Yeah, first thing this morning. And did you read it before you did? Of course. And what are you, illiterate? Because that's the only reason I could think of as to why you'd send a restraining order that says their product's inferior to ours. What? That's right, inferior. As in different. No, I couldn't have used that word. Well, you could have if you're the world's worst lawyer, which you apparently are. Because you just invalidated our whole goddamn case. Because if they're different, they couldn't have violated our patent. Okay, Louis, I'm so sorry. You told me to think of that guy laughing and how better. Are you saying this is my fault? No, I'm because saying- Because this is not my fault, this is your fault. I know, I am so sorry. No, what you are is off this case. Louis, please. No, you shut the hell up! Our client trusted you with something special, with something they love. And then you snuck around behind their back and you did something stupid and reckless and you ruined their life! You worthless, selfish son of a bitch! Suits Season 7, Episode 9 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about shame, then Suits Yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino, back here with a fierce, manly butterfly. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Shame. 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 Ring the bell. Shame. 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 Rob, this is one of my favorite Suits references that we've had so far, because it was so blatantly a ripoff of Game of Thrones, and it made me smile. Yeah, that Lewis even had to say, hey, Gretchen, remind me to take Game of Thrones off of my DVR. Okay, here we are, episode number 101 from September 6th, 2017. I don't know when uh, that um, walk of shame for Queen Cersei happened on Game of Thrones, but probably, you know, not too much before September 6, 2017. Yeah, uh, this walk of atonement uh, that we had from Cersei was a crazy episode of Game of Thrones. And here we have Lewis doing a similar walk, but it's not a walk of atonement. It's literally a walk of shame. Like, no, he's not trying to fix anything. He's not trying to cleanse himself uh, and give himself to the high sparrow or whatever the case may be. There's no step to Yunella following him around. It's just Lewis coming into the office after a night of passion with Sheila's ass and a morning of nipple play, potentially, <laughs> that led him to feeling very uh, conflicted about his feelings. You know, he walks into the office and there's a, a whole bunch of imaginary lawyers that we've never seen before ready to talk about Lewis and slut shame him into oblivion. 
Yes, Lewis is feeling shame. Uh, that's the name of the episode, although we don't really get to see uh, too much about that. He kind of like moves on. He gets like has a couple of dream sequences, but then otherwise uh, is uh, really on to other business, right? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't talk to Dr. Lipschitz for a very long time. He tries to put off his uh, appointment. He tries to cancel it, basically. He's just so ashamed and embarrassed that he can't really talk to the doctor about it because he doesn't want him to judge him. Mm -hmm. But Gretchen is going to make sure that Lewis has his appointment because, one, those appointments are very important to Lewis. He needs to have them because he's kind of, you know, on tilt all the time. And he's really seemingly, seemingly making progress or... Even if he's not making progress, I'd, I'd hate to see what he looks like when he's not going to therapy. But also Gretchen needs some time. And so she's like, if you could just go to therapy, it would be great because that would give me time to breathe from you. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the episode, he does have to address the feelings of shame that he had after sleeping with Sheila's ass just by coming, you know, clean to Dr. Lipschitz and letting him know, like, hey, I've been a bad boy. Okay, Chappelle, this is a big Brian episode. Of course, uh, Brian, one of the new characters who emerged here in season seven. We know Brian was having a baby. You said not too long ago that, hey, mm -hmm. Brian, if you know it's good for you, do not bring this baby to the office. Do not bring this baby around Lewis Litt. He stole a cat. And... What happens here by the end of this episode? Lewis Litt shows up at Brian's house and he says, Lewis, here, take my baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was yelling at the end of the episode, please, Lewis, do not take the baby. I, I don't think Brian knows what he has done. No. I he handed Lewis a crying baby and said, I'm about to go to sleep. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I have some bad news, Brian. Um, he mu You might be a bad dad. You might be a bad dad. I know. <laughs> I know you're a bad lawyer, but you, you know might be a bad, bad dad lawyer. too. You might be an awful father because mm -hmm. you just handed your baby to a man who called you a worthless piece of shit just minutes before. I mean, mm -hmm. in the episode, obviously, but the same day, this man called you a worthless, selfish sack of shit. And by the end <laughs> of the night, of you're bitch. so tired. And a son of a bitch. And amongst other things, honestly. And... By the end of the episode, you're like, okay, but I really need to get some sleep. Here you go. Here's my baby. Take it and do whatever you want with it. Um, mm -hmm. We yeah. are led to believe that Lewis is not going to kidnap the child. Rob, I'm not sure. Well, we will see what happens. Uh, it is the mid-season finale coming up next. So we'll see what happens uh, with Lewis and the baby. Do we know Brian's baby's name? Uh, no, we don't. But the actor who plays Brian, he was looking very familiar to me this entire time. And I was trying to figure out where I knew him from. This is Craig from Degrassi. Mm -hmm. uh, and Craig from Degrassi, uh, you know, Degrassi Next Generation, uh, famously Canadian show as well. Um, he had uh, some bipolar issues in the show. And there was a moment where he really thought that he was going to have a baby. And he was acting kind of weird around the baby as well. Um, I think he tried to kidnap the baby, so maybe there's a little bit of a, you know, some, um, some some synergy here. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was not able to get his baby uh, that he was trying to have with the young Manny Santos, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Happy to see Craig still getting work. People also don't know this, but he was in that uh, that Disney Channel show about um, all the little babies. It was uh, like... <laughs> Not like cheaper by the dozen, but something like that, where he was like one of uh, like seven little babies. Um, yeah, I remember uh, Craig back in the day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's come a long way. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Brian, he is letting Lewis babysit his kid. I, I feel bad for Brian's wife, too, also. Uh, because one, she's going to wake up to Lewis lit in her house, who's in a suit. You would think that Lewis would have changed to maybe like, hey, let me put on sweats or something to come over to Brian's house uh, and not have uh, this baby say, you just got spit up on uh, Lewis's very expensive suits. That being said, I think he would at least take the jacket off. Yeah, Lewis doesn't know what he's doing either. Yeah. Though. You know, like that's one that's thing we, we do know. Um, but um, for Brian's yeah. wife, though, that we had where, okay, we know that Brian, uh, you know, maybe this is why he's having some problems at work. You know, he works all day at PSL and then he comes home and then he has the night shift with the baby. But then he pulled an all nighter at work and Brian's wife had the day shift and the night shift. Yeah, and so the best thing Brian could do was to take the L and, you know, cover his shift as necessary. But wait, why would he do his own fatherly duties when Lewis is right there? A free nanny. Mm -hmm. Nothing sounds suspicious about that at all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's what was going on with Lewis and Brian. Uh, they have this uh, whole storyline with the company. Was uh, do, Again, like every suits case was some kind of like patent infringement on the nipples. They were ripping off another company's product. We didn't get to see Sheila at all in this episode. Do you feel like for Sheila, it was basically just like one and done of that? That was like, hey, my, this is my bachelorette party. Let me have one last night with Lewis before I end up marrying this man and I'm done with Lewis forever. I mean, that's essentially what she told him is just like, yeah, before I go down the aisle, I need to experience your body one last time. And so she told Lewis, I got an itch I got to scratch and you're going to help me scratch it. And then I'm going to go on about my day. Now, throughout this episode, I was questioning if the things that Lewis has done were going to come back to bite him or to haunt him, because you're right. He did have a couple of dream sequences where there's even a moment where he's talking to the opposing attorney. And I was already looking at the opposing attorney kind of uh, upside his head because the things he was saying to Brian was highly personal. He yes. tells Brian, who he's never met before, hey, you are a bad lawyer and a bad father. It's like, <laughs> sir, how do you even know that about him? Just Who told you? Right. You're trying to challenge his uh his uh pacifier knowledge, so he's a bad father. And then that wasn't a dream. I was actually very surprised that mm -hmm. that wasn't a dream, only to find out that later on he is also Sheila's fiance in a dream. Yeah. And I was, I was like, ready to have my head dream. explode of like, really? <laughs> really? Really gonna do this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like it was real for like a split second, but I think it's only because this man was cartoonishly mad about Brian. He was like, Brian, you're a horrible dad and a horrible uh, and a horrible lawyer. And I'm thinking we're going to get the where Brian snaps out of it and it's just a dream sequence. And Brian's like, what did you say? He says, you're a bad father. <laughs> I said, oh, damn. <laughs> so oh, he doubled down. I wasn't expecting that one. Um, so yeah, later on when Lewis is talking to the dream version of this man and he's telling him that he's Sheila's fiance and that he's never going to let go of what Lewis did and that Lewis is a horrible, worthless sack of shit, uh, that ruins lives. It turns out that this time it was actually kind of fake. Okay. Gretchen has a pretty good episode. Maybe, uh, she could be in consideration for the Liddy in a little bit, but she ultimately, you know, calls Lewis out on his BS. She calls Dr. Lipschitz. Uh, she stops Brian from resigning when he wants to put in his letter of resignation. Says, don't Gretchen ever talk smack about my boss in my face ever again. 
She threatened to slap Lewis. She also stopped Brian from resigning while also telling Brian he was an awful lawyer. She's yeah. like, don't you put in your resignation letter? He's like, why? I'm not good at my job. She said, yeah, be that as it may. You don't get to run away yeah. from this. Like, she said a man what? would figure out how to clean this up. Now, yeah, is there, is there any like toxic baby. masculinity uh, coming from Gretchen? Got a lot of one. thoughts Remember? about, yeah, about who's a man, yeah. who's manly. Who's not manly yeah. enough? She's looking around this uh, Pierce Inspector lid. And she's thinking, ain't no men here. You know, where the real men at? This ain't it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, w- I wonder what, again, the second time I'm asking, I wonder what Gretchen's looking for here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, Robert Zane. I, look, a man amongst men. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I think that uh, maybe that's who she'll end up working for eventually. We know that Lewis is never going to fire Gretchen because after you threaten to slap your boss, they say, no, you're still good. I think you're safe. And so uh, if she decides to leave to go work for a real man, it'll be at her own doing. Okay. There's another storyline that's going on here. And I could not believe we did another flashback in this episode. I was like, what? Really? We're doing it again? Okay. Uh, we end up finding out 12 years ago, there was a guy named Andrew Malik. Uh, no relation to uh, Rami Malik, who used to uh, mm-hmm. also be one of the kings of the USA network around this time. And so... Andrew used to work at the DA's office. And this was like kind of comical that Harvey had no recollection whatsoever of who this person was. Do you think Harvey could name five other associates not named Lewis Litt that worked with him at PSL? Hmm. You know, he does seem to have like a pretty good recollection, but maybe he just doesn't pay attention to anybody who's like an underling. But that's the thing. Harvey, too, was an underling at the DA's office. Him and Andrew basically had the same job. And uh, while Harvey was kissing ass to Cameron Dennis, as Andrew said, Mm -hmm. uh, Andy was working the night away, burning the midnight oil, doing all these cases and trying to be the best prosecutor that he could be. Uh, He was so uh, tapped in at the offices that even he knew that, like, hey, Donna, I see you always running around behind Harvey. Like uh, like like Harvey's little little, little lap dog. What's that about? Right. You know, so no. even back in the day, Andrew was tapped in. This is a good point. I mean, this is insane, and one of like the biggest uh, plot holes that they've ever created. Like, there's no way that Harvey would not know the name of somebody that was competing with him. Harvey, the ultimate competitor, who would not know that there was somebody else in the office who was also like in a similar position. Uh, like, even to know, okay, that guy sucks. Like. He would definitely know who everybody was. He was so far beneath him. He just didn't have time for it. You know, uh, what is it? A lion does not bother himself with the matters of sheep or something mm-hmm. like that. I was like, you're a sheep. I don't know. I don't need to know who you are. And and that's actually kind of comical going throughout the episode because Andrew's like, yeah, Harvey, it's me, Andy. I'm back, baby. Harvey's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I just the name. It doesn't. Andrew who? He's like, it's Andrew, a- Andrew Malik from, from the DA's office. Remember, I used to, used to work down the hall? <laughs> yeah. Harvey's like, nope, sorry, I got nothing. He should have faked bad. it. He, he really did put himself in a bad spot by saying, no, seriously, I have, I do not know no, who seriously? you are. Yeah. No, like, honestly, like, could you show me, like, you got any type of proof that there was you? Like, I just I got mean, nothing. Don, Donna shows up like, hey, this guy works there for sure. Chappelle, you've never been in that position before where they, you just fake it, right? I, like, oh, I, I, hey. Hey, hey, Andrew! Andrew! 
Baby, what's up, man? It's you. You from the you DA's bro. office. Dog, how, bro? I'm sorry. You know, charge it to my head, not my heart, bro. I mm-hmm. was, I was trying to, like, I saw your face and then, like, but my mind was elsewhere. It's a bit of crazy thing. It's a p- pacifiers and stuff. It's wild. Uh, but yeah, dog, what's up? Yeah, you definitely got to fake it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, um, he's really set off then. And uh, that's we get the flashback to that. He's like in Donna's face and he's like, hey, I know Harvey's not going to stay here. He's just kissing up to Cameron Dennis. I'll be here forever being the best prosecutor ever. And so now he's pissed off. He's slighted. Uh, he has an axe to grind. Mike was trying to get back on Harvey's good side and uh, signed a client to take this guy on just off of his record. But now they realize that they may have bit off more than they could chew as they have signed a client who's also very guilty. Very, very guilty. Um, Yeah. So Andy telling Donna that, you know, one day I'm going to be the best. I'm staying here forever and I'm going to be the best prosecutor of all time. And you and Harvey are going to rule the day that y'all ignored me. And I know Donna wanted to be like, okay. And like Harvey has never once expressed any interest in being a prosecutor. And it's a, and he's fighting an invisible fight. He's like, yeah, that's right, Harvey. You're never going to be as bad as me. He's like, yeah, I didn't. That's I want to work in corporate law. I just kind of want to make some money. It's mm-hmm. not really criminal stuff. That's it's not thing. really my bad. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, why are you, why do you have this beef? Uh, but yes, the, um, the Elmont Investments is the company that Mike goes and gets Harvey to represent only because he wants Harvey to smack up um, to smack up Andy. He's like, hey, Harvey, you've been on the defensive ever since Jessica left. It's time to put you back on the offensive and let everybody know who the big dog is. So I got you somebody who's won 15 cases in a row and they're just itching to get beat down. What, you, what do you say, Harvey? I was like, all right, let's see, let's see what that guy's about. Now, Harvey did not realize that he'd known this man uh, for basically his entire adult life. But um, yeah, once he realizes it, he thinks this should be a piece of cake. Yeah, our client might be guilty, but I'm still Harvey. I still got this. But what he doesn't know is that Andy Malik is a cross between Lewis Litt and Elliot Stemple. <laughs> and so this man is a scumbag. You know, Harvey might be able to cross some lines, but... I mean, that combination of Lewis and Elliot Stemple, yeah, that's a hard duo to reckon with. So um, he's uh, in for a bit of a fight, something that he kind of underestimated in the beginning. Yeah, they have a deposition where they bring their client in and uh, he's, I couldn't tell, like, oh my God, like this guy's talking so fast. Uh, He's so eager to uh, depose her. And then ultimately, Mm -hmm. like, they just tell her, don't answer any of his questions. And he's like, that's it. And I don't even care if she's guilty. She's going to jail. Which, again, another classic suits is like uh, opposing lawyers who seem to forget that there is a camera at these depositions depositions and just be wilding out at these depositions yeah uh he's like i don't give a shit if you're innocent or not you're going to prison and they're like oh you said that on camera so this Mm -hmm. is an open and shut case we're going to show this to the judge and he's going to put this away and so they try that they try to go and tell the judge like hey we got it um, he doesn't care. He's a public servant, but he's not really trying to serve serve the public. He's trying to put this woman in jail, whether she's guilty or not. And they tell him, okay, well, you got to go find some actual evidence. You can't just keep deposing people looking for something incriminating to come out so that you can then try to um, make something stick. So uh, later on, Mike and Harvey end up in court again against this man. And uh, 
before they make it there, Andy shows up with his bit of evidence. He's like, I got a copy of the paper tomorrow. What the hell was this? It's like, hey, I've got a copy of tomorrow's newspaper. Yeah, I went down to the the Daily Bugle and had it printed off. Uh, what is this early edition? How does he have like? I was like, is he a time traveler? How does he have tomorrow's newspaper? The newspaper is printed at night, Rob. You know, once they print it, he just went down. But what time of day was this? Because the freaking woman is still working at her office. Like, is this like what, like eleven o'clock at night, twelve o'clock at night? They work the night away. They all work. They burn the midnight oil. Look. The the newspaper is printed after sports, you mm-hmm. know, because it's normally the last bit of news you get is like, what are the scores? What are the stats? Whoop, whoop, whoop. And so maybe about the 10-ish, 11-ish, you know, they started to get the last little bit of the sports scores in, the, the football scores. And so, yeah, he went down and got a, a, a early copy of the paper in which he has a, uh, you know, a headline in there about a memo that this CEO has used. It's basically telling everybody that um, she wants them, was it to sell a lot of the business before the end of the year or something like that? Yeah, she insinuated that it would be best to sell the division. And so it looks bad for her. And they have to now stop this from being a thing. But they think he's just trying to pull the wool over their eyes and distract them from what his bigger uh, plot is. So when they end up in court, um, it turns out it's true. There is a fake memo, but this guy is using that fake memo to say, hey, the memo might be fake. It might be real, but I'm going to guess that it's real and it's been buried by Harvey. And he buries evidence all the time and I can prove it. Well, yeah, the woman from uh, the company. um, Elmont Investments. Yes. Okay. What's her name? Is that Uh, Janet? CEO. (laughs) CEO. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the the credits. It's either she's either Lisa Davies or Janet Stanger. She's Janet Stanger. Lisa Davies is uh, from the nipple, the not the nipple company. She's from the pro bono with Robert Zane. We haven't talked about it. Okay, got it. Okay. So all right, so Janet Stanger, um, that she ends up going to uh she says like oh look i'm not stupid enough to write a memo so that they know that this memo is fake because uh, she's basically like admitting like she's guilty but that there was no memo and so they say okay this guy's got nothing but because that he says that there's a pattern of that they destroy evidence in the past that he is going to ultimately figure out a way to prove it and the judge is like very much like well Oh, leopard doesn't change his spots. Uh, right. If Harvey be- if Harvey destroyed evidence once before, this must be true of a, a newspaper article and uh, proof that he destroyed evidence in the past. Good enough for me. Well, what? he tells him to go. How find is the that proof. the law? He told him to go find the proof. He said, "Look, you are accusing him of something. If you can prove that, then yeah, I'm gonna believe that Harvey be bearing evidence. But you need to prove it. And so now they have to hope that." Uh, this new Jay Elliott Stemple, um, uh, Andy, doesn't actually have any proof. And Harvey's like, I'm clean, baby. You ain't got nothing on me. But Andy was there in the Cameron Dennis days. He knows mm-hmm. that Harvey and Cameron Dennis was bending the rules left and right. And he thinks that, yeah, maybe Harvey knowingly was doing some of that stuff with Cameron Dennis. And so um, he's going to try to find some evidence the best way he knows how by probably asking Cameron Dennis, or at least that's what Harvey thinks. But uh, Cameron Dennis would not just uh, you know, make up something and let Harvey take the fall for it. We know he was willing to let Harvey take the fall for it, but he wouldn't just do it on the uh, the back of uh, this Andy Andy person who he probably doesn't remember either. So it's very obvious that Andy would have to find someone else close enough to Harvey who has some insight into the cases that he was doing at the DA's office, and that person is Donna. They're going to depose Donna, and so... 
really, it seems like we're going through like a whole dog and pony show coming up of like, that's it, Donna, we have, you're going to get the posed. We got a mock trial. All right. We need Lewis to do the mock trial again. Lewis like, I can't, I can't. Uh, He will. All right. So now I guess we're going to have that in the next episode where Lewis is going to have to like break down Donna again on the stand. Why do I have a feeling that a lot of these questions about burying the evidence are going to come back to who did you like being an assistant better for me or Harvey? (laughs) Answer the question. No, no. Objection. Irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. You know what the question is coming down to. All of this. <laughs> so let, let's just talk to the writers real quick. Aaron Korsh, creator, writers. Y'all did all of this just so we could get Donna on the stand again and ask her, so do you love Harvey, yes or no? You helped destroy the evidence because you loved him. You loved you him 12 loved years ago. Him. You love him now. Answer the question. She's like, I don't. I did it. I promise. And they said, well, we got somebody who might think different. Bring in Mark. And Mark like, ah, that's Mark. Not Mark. That's Mark's music. <laughs> Your Honor, I'd like to call to the stand. Mark Meadows. Like, wow. No, this Mark Meadows. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, just that guy? Oh, okay, fine. He's like, I have on good authority that Donna is in love with Harvey because I tried to get her to, to help me cheat on my wife. And she said no. And that sounds like a guilty person to me. Yeah, all of this. It's just so that we can get Donna to confront her demons about uh, whether or not she is in love with Harvey Specter and if she can ever move on to somebody else or if she will always be pining after Harvey, um, you know, working for Harvey, working with Harvey, whatever the case may be. Is there more to Donna than just being in love with Harvey? We'll find out when Lewis puts her on the stand. All right. Rachel gets a visit from her dad. Uh, Robert Zane wants to work on a pro bono case uh, with Rachel. And OK, this is this kind of building off of what we had in the last episode where somehow Frank Gallo's relationship with his daughter really changed Robert Zane's outlook on things. <laughs> he said, hey, remember Frank Gallo? He was a stand up guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great dad. <laughs> He, unlike Brian, he actually was a good dad. He cared about his kid. He didn't let Lewis watch his kid. And so he wants to work on this uh, case with her. Harvey said it was fine off screen. Uh, we didn't know. I don't know. Do you think that Robert Zane was lying when <laughs> he said that? It did didn't he, sound like did he Harvey even ask say. Harvey. It did not sound like anything <laughs> Harvey would say. Rachel says, hey, dad, I would need to get Harvey's permission because I can't just, you know, I can't, I can't just, just go work for you without, you know, Harvey signing off on it. And he says, look, I talked to Harvey and Harvey said, yeah, Robert, go be with your family. That's exactly how I, what I would do if I had a daughter. I totally support you taking Rachel Zane away from my office to go do your own bidding. It did not sound like him at all. He did say something recently after the episode with his mom about how family is the most important thing. So I don't know. I, I think that um, that maybe that might have been what Harvey said. But I also don't think that Robert Zane asked him. I think he just said, ah, Harvey owes me one. Said, I, already talked I to saved Harvey. his ass with Frank Gallo. Yeah. You did not already talk to Harvey. You are a liar. <laughs> All right. So he wants him to go and work on this predatory lending case. And so Robert Zane 
feels like he has this case against uh, this predatory lender uh, that seems to be preying on uh, black people who are trying to or uh, not getting the same rates as white lenders uh, or uh, people who are looking for loans are getting. And it seems like that he's got this case here. And again, this is like very similar to in the last episode where it's like, okay, something has woken up in Robert Zane where he's trying to take on all these cases. Yeah, it felt like Robert Zane was more tapped into, you know, some of the things that are uh, the external reasons why he would like to go into law. Right. Like, so he is very much a corporate lawyer. But now he's like, hey, you know, there are definitely things that the system is, um, you know, the, there are definitely ways, I guess I should say, that the system is unfair to people of color. And man, I should really start to explore those things and use my powers to shut some of that stuff down. And so this case, we're led to believe that Robert Zane is doing this because, you know, mm -hmm. um, there is a disparity in the amount of lending and the rates and, you know, the, basically the money that African-Americans can get uh, as, a, like, as opposed to their white counterparts. But that is a lie. Yeah. That is not why Robert Zane is doing this at this all. This was personal. Yeah, Robert Zane said, no, this is about my auntie, my aunt, my <laughs> sister, whoever the case is. I think it's it was Rachel's his sister. Aunt. Yeah, Rachel's aunt. Well, he said, he said your aunt, but then it didn't sound like, and then I lost my sister. It just felt like it was almost like, man, you would have loved her. She was a great woman. She was 25 years ago. She was like, you know, 23. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, great woman. Rachel's uh, aunt uh, was uh, fired by the CEO of this company that is being accused of these crimes. And Robert Zane is going to make him pay because his uh, his sister's life never recovered from her being sexually harassed and then fired by her boss. And so now he's willing to go to the ends of the earth to make this happen. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if we're going to keep going with this case. We kind of got to, you know, uh, Rachel and Robert Zane talk about it a little bit and they're kind of like, all right, are they they're just going to like on. look for dirt on this guy? I mean, is this even still a pro bono case at this point? It seems like a witch hunt where that they like were doing their due diligence here and deposing people. And it seems like that there's no case here. No, it's literally a witch hunt. Like Robert, <laughs> is that a, Robert Zane, is that a pro bono witch hunt. Yeah, because Robert Zane is like, no, this guy is guilty of something and I'm going to find it. Gonna now, don't find get me it. wrong. Yeah. There is evidence to suggest that, yes, th there is a disparity, but it does not, uh, there, I, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to prove that in court because, like you said, Robert Zane is just grasping at straws. He's like, look at this one and look at this one. And, isn't that crazy? It's like, yeah, it is. But Robert, you got to give us more than that. And so him and Rachel are now going to regroup and decide, okay, is there anything else that we can make stick on this guy? Because we're going to take him down if it's the last thing we do. Okay. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Chappelle, who gets the Liddy here in this episode? Hmm. I mean, you, you weren't wrong about Gretchen having a great episode, but, I mean... Lewis, if Lewis if Lewis kidnaps that baby, I swear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can give Lewis the Liddy here. I mean, he was completely down bad after going with Sheila to the point where then he just like reamed out after everything that already happened earlier this season with yelling at the associates with Stephanie. I mean, for him to treat Brian like that. Uh, what about Donna for the Liddy or Rachel? I think that we might need to look at these two women because I think Harvey is in over his head and doesn't realize it mm-hmm. uh, or is realizing it quickly. Mike set Harvey up for all of this, so this is Mike's fault. Um, Donna and Rachel, I think they kind of got away clean this episode. Donna is going to have to be put on the stand and yelled at about her, her love for Harvey eventually, <laughs> but not in this episode. And yeah. Rachel was there for Donna at the end. She was there she for dad. <laughs> I mean, I personally would give it to Gretchen before either of them. I mean, that's... All Gretchen did was yell at Lewis and yell at Brian. And yell at Brian. Uh, well, what did Rachel do? Rachel was helping her dad with his pro bono case. What did she do to help? <laughs> she she, she I, looked through files. She looked through files. I think she was sort of like, Dad, I don't know if there's a case here. Yeah, she's like, hey, hey, baby, I, I, come on. So what about Donna? Hmm. But for what? Again, with like she's 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 here. Like you you're know? saying that Gretchen didn't do it, but at least I can tell you things that Gretchen did. <laughs> like Donna. Yeah, no, look. She says I, you know, the one thing I, I it's not that I regret that I let Mark go. I, I regret that I put Harvey above myself. I mean, which I guess is a good lesson. Like literally stand up, Donna. Literally stand up, but she knows it. Okay, so but for me, it's between Rachel and Gretchen. I'm good giving Gretchen the uh, the Liddy, but I do want to point out again that Rachel, top two again. Yeah. She's okay. doing a good job. We made history in the last episode, episode 100. We gave one to Robert Zane. I think that it's fitting that we then uh, give another newcomer, a Liddy, to Gretchen. Yeah. It'll uh, fix the disparity between uh, the Liddies that we've been having ever since Jessica left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, been, she had the black folk on their back for a very long time. And now we got Robert and Gretchen kind of trying to carry the, the weight. Okay. I'll take it. Back to back. All right. So then um, as far as the references in this episode go, um, that, of course, we had the big one about Game of Thrones. And then mm-hmm. also uh, we had where Lewis called Brian uh, Mufasa also. He wanted to see only Mufasa Brian from that point on. Yeah, that lion comes out when uh, he is uh, being accused of being a, a bad dad. He actually turned he actually turned into Lewis in a way. You know, um, we talked about Lewis and projection, how Lewis perceives disrespect, and so he gives disrespect back, and then it pushes people away. Brian basically did the same thing. I mean, like he was acting just as how just how Lewis would react in these situations. He's that like, man I said, it. "You're a bad father." Oh my father. god, that was the best. Yeah, that man said, "You're a bad father." And Brian lit him up. I'm talking about, hey, man, F you. We're taking you down. I'm going to sue the pants off of you, and I'm going to slap you with a restraining order. But because he was so blinded by Lewis-like rage, he effed up the restraining order. He put in there, like, yeah, your product's inferior now, man. And only to find out that if it's inferior, it's not a copy. So, duh, mm-hmm. you shouldn't 
that in there. And so, um, yeah, he was doing the things that uh, people always accuse Lewis of doing. And Lewis had to stand by and watch it happen. And for a second, Lewis was down with it. He was like, yeah, more of that. Give me that Mufasa. Ooh. You know? <laughs> Mufasa. Ooh. You know? Do it again. Yeah. It tingles. Ooh, Mufasa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So... We also then uh, got some more talk about Michael Jordan, about how he was great at playing defense, but now he's got to go back on offense. Time to put up 55 points here, Harvey, uh, but um, kind of bit off more than they could chew. All right. Uh, This is like when Michael Jordan went to go play in the Space Jam. He didn't realize what he was getting into. Yeah, it took a big ass reach for Michael Jordan to win that game. A reach from one end of the court to the other, and I think we might see some reaching here in these this midseason finale coming up on suits. Okay, uh, so I have just one feedback question here for you about this episode. David wrote in to ask us: Are law secretaries called to the stand this often? I feel like Donna <laughs> is a witness in half of the cases in the firm against her will. She's not at least one a season, probably at this point, right? It's just like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to get Donna's perspective, but it's just she, her, and Harvey are way too close. I think some legal secretaries, you could put them on the stand, and the best they could say is, "Look, I don't know, you know, like hey, I was there, but I did my job. I went home." But with Donna, it's like, did you or did you not meet Harvey at his bedroom before that happened? It's like, well, yeah, I kind of was there. I probably shouldn't have been there, but I was there. It's like, yeah, and Donna, did you or did you not pick up his dry cleaning that day and drop it off to his house as he was? It's like, yeah, I, I did that too. You know, Donna is very much a part of Harvey. They're they're one person when it comes to this show in a lot of ways. And so whenever someone has an issue with Harvey, it only makes sense for them to put Donna on the stand. Yeah, I feel like that what they kind of do to Donna, like this, like Saturday night, what what does Donna do? Is she, she sits out? at home and waits for Harvey. She sits, <laughs> she sits like, like, I wonder what Harvey's doing right now. I wonder what Harvey's doing. I mean, that's how they made it sound. They really did. They made it sound like, okay, Donna has no life outside of Harvey. Now, I don't believe that because we do not see Harvey and Donna ever interact outside of work. Uh, We just don't. And so I know that she has other things that she's doing, but the show really wants us to paint it like if Harvey called at two in the morning, Donna's going to pick up. And I was like, I don't, I don't think we've been given enough evidence mm-hmm. for that. You know, Mark said it like we can't even get through dinner without Harvey. God dang. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you could. I think you're being dramatic. Okay. We saw she goes to yoga. She does go to yoga. And she seems to have a lot of friends in like other offices. She's like, I got a friend in this office. I got a friend in this office. I got a friend in this office. Like, I don't know if she ever hangs out with these people, but she does seem to know all the other secretaries in the city. Yeah. um, She does. But yeah, but I've never seen her actually do anything. (laughs) You know, she's never like girls night out with the secretaries. Yeah. Me and Gretchen and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the lady from over there. At least Gretchen would go to Mahjong with the other secretaries. Yeah, Gretchen has a life. Gretchen, Mm -hmm. she's not about this. She's not about this, like, living for none of these people. They're not manly enough for Gretchen, no way. No. Okay. This was from the Facebook group, and uh, Tiffany S. in the Facebook group uh, had asked us, I'm begging y'all to address the wet paint sign that Rachel and Mike have in their place. It has been shown before, but it is prominently featured again in season seven, episode six. Chappelle, have you noticed the uh, piece of art in Mike and Rachel's apartment that says just wet paint? Yeah, I have actually. It's on the wall. It's in big, like, uh, like it's black, but it has like the orange letters on it. Mm-hmm. And it was in her apartment. And then I think it moved. Like, I think when they got their new place, it's moved as well. <laughs> um, and I don't really understand why. I don't think the show <laughs> explains why the paint is wet. 
Yes. I, I know, it's just like a painting that says wet paint. Yeah, but is that like, ironic? Is that like that you make a painting that it's wet paint and then it dries? Uh, but then it didn't even. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I got nothing. I don't know why they have it, but it is there. I, I've seen it too. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I just don't know why we have it up there. Maybe the show will address it at one point. Maybe it's it'll be like the painting in Harvey's office. We'll get a whole backstory flashback episode about when the day that they painted the wet paint sign. Right, gotcha. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I, I want all my questions answered. Actually. <laughs> Every question that's going to be part of the prequel series. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then we also got in that same thread in the Facebook group. Go to suitspodcast.com/slash/facebook if you want to join the conversation. Sarah wrote in to say they also have a decor item that is the letter F, but neither of their first or last names start with F. Uh, to which uh, another Sarah. Sarah said F for fraud. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That made me laugh. Yeah. It's just sitting up on the top of like the shelf and it's just a random letter F. Um, I don't, I don't know who staged the apartment, but they never decorated it to make it look like either of them actually live there. They have a painting. That's like a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Well, because Mike loves bicycles. Mike is. Does he mis- love? No. Does he love bicycles yes. or was that just his job? No, once? he loves bicycles. That's part of his character. He wants they to hang a what? bicycle in his office. Because he used to ride one. Yes. All the time. He's obsessed. Yes, <laughs> no, he, he loves bicycles. Vehicle. He hates his his parents died in a vehicle, and he said, "I love bicycles." I will never drive a car as long as I live. I hate cars. I, he didn't learn. He, yeah. Lewis had to teach him how to drive. He only likes bicycles. He only likes bicycles. It's canon at this point. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> All right, Chappelle. What else? Um, I think we got some more feedback in the Facebook group that I wanted to Which address. One? Um, yeah, Sharice put in the Facebook group that, um, she's not a fan of the theme song and to mm-hmm. which I say she's wrong. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. She's wrong. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. She said it's not giving Brady Bunch, Golden Girls or Fresh Prince. It's not that good of a theme song. She's wrong. She's incorrect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's canon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Also, uh, that uh, Sharice waited to say the Donna AI storyline is garbage. It was ahead of its time. Okay. Right. Right. In 2023, that is cinema. Yeah. I mean, uh, in 2023, the Donna would be worth uh, like 30 billion dollars. <laughs> right. Exactly. Back then, they're like, mm-hmm. we can't use this. <laughs> what is this <laughs> junk paperweight? Yeah. <laughs> right. Get out of here with that. Okay. Get me. Get me some Bitcoin. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chappelle, uh, very fun times today. Uh, We'll be back with, believe it or not, the season seven mid-season finale tomorrow. Yeah, the mid-season finale is upon us, and then we got to wrap up season seven. It's called Donna. Of course it's called Donna. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's called Donna. We should we should do a Donna counter for the next episode. How many times they say Donna in one episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because it's called Donna, we'll start with number. We'll start with one for the title, and we'll just keep track from there. Yep. And so then it's going to be the mid-season finale. We'll have uh, a few months will go by and then we'll get the final six episodes of season seven. Yes. And then we have two seasons left. Only one Netflix season left. We're almost done. Almost done. It'll be so weird when we go to Peacock. 
It really will be because this was spawned from nothing but Netflix and nothing but Netflix is it never stays true to its name. We are going to be wavering from our, our place here as a Netflix affiliate to uh, a not affiliate affiliate uh, to go talk about a Peacock show. Season nine of Suits. Let's see how it ends. Let's see how it turns out. All right. Chappelle, where can people follow you? Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show and subscribe to The Connect on Post Show Recaps wherever you get your podcast. Mari and I are talking about rap shit, wrapping that season up, season two of rap shit. We also got some movies coming up. I think me and Jason Reed are going to talk about Good Burger 2. Uh, That's fun. He does... He doesn't know that we're going to talk about it yet. So he doesn't listen to this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to spring that on him very soon. And then I'm sure. Nobody tell him. Yeah. Good Burger 2 content will be coming your way as soon as I can uh, coerce Jason into doing that with me. But, yeah, keep up with the connect. Keep up with the other stuff I'm doing on Post Show Recaps. All right. I'm at Rob Sistrino. See you tomorrow for the season seven midseason finale. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.